0: Well, hello, everyone, and a welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tobacito. I am delighted to have you in the studio with us today, listening to the very next episode. And you all are in, as you are every week, for a huge treat um, for our conversation today. But before I go there, I just would love to thank Sweet Brooke Russ. For sponsoring this episode, you want know, to know what's so sweet about Brooke Kev. What? Brooke gave this, sponsored this episode um, in honor of her mother-in-law that she loves so much. Oh, that's it was very like cool. A Christmas present. That's awesome. Isn't that great? Yes. So thoughtful. We haven't had anybody I'm honored do that. Just as the producer. Yes. So Melinda Russ is a dear friend of mine, and her daughter-in-law Brooke. Both of them listened to the remedy. And um, so it was a Christmas gift. And it was, it's a great gift to us as well. Yes. It's the Thank gift you for listening and sponsoring. Giving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So today, you all are in for a huge treat. Um, I am uh, FaceTiming a beautiful woman out of Birmingham, Alabama. Her name is Deanna. And Deanna, you have your hands in so many things that I'm just gonna let you introduce yourself, what you do, and 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 then and then I'll talk about what we're gonna talk about, which has nothing to do with what okay. you do. <laughs> I, well, I'm so excited
1: to be finally doing a podcast with you. We've talked about it for a while, but um so what I do. Well, my brand is Well and Worthy Life, and I it started out as a health and wellness blog. And from there, it has grown into I do health and life coaching along with I am a certified Faster Way to Fat Loss coach. So I love to help women feel their best and look their best and achieve their goals. I really specialize probably more in women who are are in that empty nester like they're trying to figure out what what's next for them and they just don't know what to do and they it, it's funny because they always look to their weight as their first thing they always think oh i need to lose weight <laughs> so that's where it all starts I think and then we kind of go from there
0: that's and okay so on Instagram it's well and worthy life you also just started a podcast um, and so I did the well and
1: worthy <laughs> life podcast. yes
0: And it's, is it on iTunes? How do it is. how it's do people iTunes, listen to it? Spotify, you name it, <laughs> you name it. Uh, no. And it's really, really good. And so Deanna, how, y'all need to know. I met Deanna through our mutual dear friend, Kathy Williamson, who I call Kitty. Do you call her Kitty yeah. or do you call her Kathy?
1: both names really i like
0: i like kathy and then sometimes i call her kitty just kind of yeah i think i mostly call her kitty um anyway so after i wrote my book she she offered your home in birmingham alabama for a book signing and so here you are i don't know you you're a complete stranger this was two years ago and you opened your home and had i mean your home in birmingham is so beautiful and you had like, had this book signing for this person you didn't even know. And it was so sweet. And God it was so, and we stayed with you. Like I ate your food. I slept in your bed. I drank your wine. And I didn't even know
1: you. Oh, but you know what is funny about you? And um, I know Kathy, And I've talked about this a lot. You're one of those people that are just you instantly feel like we would go on those walks. And I just instantly felt like we were best friends. Um, And even though I don't talk to you very often, I just I don't know. I feel this kindred spirit with you. Yeah, um, we
0: definitely. Tova just has that quality. N- not with everyone. <laughs> Tap the brakes. Yeah, he does have that call. <laughs> not everybody loves Toba, contrary to popular belief. The as two far people, as I know. the two people in the room, yes, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of people not listening who who would rather not. Um, but thank you for. I feel the exact same way about you, Deanna. and we get to go to the beach together in just.
1: I know. I cannot wait. A little over
0: a month, we get more walks, and I'm. Yeah. Counting That's down the right. days. I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, we when we talked a couple of weeks ago, we were thinking about all the different things that we could talk about because you and I are very aligned with how we think, how we eat, how we take care of ourselves, how we want to inspire people to live a better life, and so we're thinking about all these different subjects that we could tackle together because um, you're going to post this on your podcast as well. Um, yes. And we landed on talking about dating after divorce, which is not what I thought we would end up talking about. But I have to tell you, I can picture where I was when when you picked Kitty and I up from the airport and we were driving back and you were telling me all about your story and being married (laughs) and getting divorced. I mean, I had tears like of laughter rolling down my face about all the ways that you were talking about how you had stubbed your toe after your, after your first marriage. And I was like, Oh, I've stubbed lots of those toes too. And I, and so, and you inspired me in that moment thinking, okay, when you first get divorced, like you don't know what the hell you're doing you don't, you don't know which way's up. You don't know how to date. I mean, it's been years since you've even thought about like how to date or how to be sexy or, I mean, and you probably, exactly. <laughs> you probably should think of those things more when you're married, but you don't. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't, Yeah. I just put on what was in my closet. But when you have a date, you've got to think you've got to think about things and completely, you got to use a part of your brain that you have not used in years. And, and it's, it's bad. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And anybody, you know, if you have not if even if you haven't been divorced, I think this is an important podcast to listen to because number one, you have friends that are divorced, and it'll give you some insight into their life. But number two, you could be divorced one day, you know, and it's it's sa- mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad, but marriages are ending all the time, and it's like what you wish you knew before it ever happened, and then. I don't know. Those are two reasons, but there's probably 10 why, if not more, why it's important. Like this is an important conversation to have. And I mean, God, it's like one of those conversations. I wish I knew then what I know now. And it's not like I'm some expert, but I've been divorced four or five years now. And God made, I've I've made some stupid mistakes. So. Well, luckily
1: you didn't make the big mistake that I made after my divorce. <laughs> so,
0: okay, so why don't you start with that and just share a little bit about your okay. life, your story, okay. and so people have context to that. I have context, and this is why I was crying in the backseat of know, the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um,
1: so,
0: tell us a little bit about you. For, okay,
1: so I was married to my husband for 17 years, and I had um, three boys with him, and or I have three boys with him, and... So it took me two years to get divorced and I did everything you're not supposed to do. Um, And, you know, I was, I just wanted to be married so bad. So I started dating right away.
0: Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Why did it take uh, you two years to get divorced? Why did it take so long?
1: Unfortunately, he didn't think I should be allowed to divorce him. (laughs) And, um, And we had to go to court. We had to have a full blown trial. It was a very nasty mm. divorce. And, um, you know, it's funny because if somebody would have told me that it would be okay later, like years later, I would have, I never thought it would be okay. But that, because it was so nasty and so ugly. But now, I mean, I'm fine with him. I mean, I wouldn't, he didn't talk to me, but but I mean, it does get better with time. It, it does. doesn't always have to, because for years we had these bad emails going back and forth and stuff like that. So all that does get better. So that's good news for everybody, right? It does. It's I so, think so true that, that does. time
0: does help. You know, I, I kind of, I did not like when people said that after I lost my children, after somebody dies, nobody wants to hear that time heals all wounds, that old thing that everybody says. But with divorce... I don't know one person that wouldn't say that with time, if you're in the heat of it, with time, it really does get easier. It does get better. How old were your boys, Deanna? How old were your boys and how old were you when you got divorced?
1: So I was um, turning 40 and my boys were 15, 13, and 10. Pivotal ages for boys especially, and it was a real struggle um, to even, I was the one that filed for divorce, and that was a real, real struggle for me, but, you know, I think it's one of those things where I, I, I'm not a proponent of divorce at all, but I think in some situations, you have to, there are sure. no choices, and sure. that's kind of how I felt that the, I had to do it, but I, I wasn't getting divorced because I wanted to be single because there was somebody else out there because I thought there would be some other great guy. I was getting divorced because I could not be married to him anymore. Yeah. But I still longed for that relationship, that marital family relationship. So that's and then I went and, and married the, the first guy I met. And my friends told me not to do it. And I didn't... I didn't give myself any time to heal or anything. I didn't give myself any time to be alone. Looking back, I know I should have spent some time alone, but I didn't. I was just, just, I wanted to be married. I wanted a family. That's what I wanted. And so I wouldn't listen to any of my friends that kept telling me, no, no, he's not a good guy. Um, He literally
0: was the first guy you met met, and first guy you Mm -hmm. dated. Oh, yes. And yes. how long yes. after your divorce did you meet him?
1: Well, I'll be honest. I met him when I was in the middle of my divorce, which mm-hmm. was not again something a bad, bad thing. But I was so out, and I had to, and I wasn't. It wasn't sort of like I was looking for anybody. It just happened, and he looked like he was the complete opposite of my ex-husband, and he. Looks like um, somebody that. Well, do you watch the show um, Dirty John? Have you seen that uh, show on Netflix? No. Okay. Well, you should go watch it. <laughs> um, this girl on there, she starts dating. She starts dating this. He, I've only I've only watched two episodes of it, but you can tell right, right away he's like a con artist kind of guy. And he is so sweet to her. He does everything just like she thinks. I mean, every morning she wakes up and he's got a smoothie there for her. And he turns on the shower for her. And he puts toothpaste on her toothbrush and hands it to her. I'm not saying my my second one did that for me. But he was so in tune
0: with my needs. Mm, Which feels so good. That
1: feels so good. good. Yes. Especially when you've gone through a nasty divorce and you've never had a man be that in tune with your needs at all. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, oh, this light bulb. And I didn't care what any of my friends said. Mm -hmm. So I ended up marrying him.
0: How long did you date him? Uh,
1: I knew him about a year and a half. And by the time I got divorced, um, we married about six months after that.
0: Okay. So So you dated him a year and a half. So you, I mean, you knew him, you knew him, Uh, you know, like they say the first, yeah, you thought I, you thought you did. Mm
1: Yeah. Okay. It's kind of, when you are, go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, it's kind of scary. If you think about it, that you dated this guy for a year and a half. And yet he he still had, there were parts of him that were yet to be revealed. I mean, that's scary. That's kind of scary.
1: Well, but you have to remember, it wasn't like a typical dating because I was still married to my ex-husband. And so I was going through my divorce and this new guy lived out of town And so I really wasn't supposed to be dating. So, you know, and I don't care, even if I was divorced, when you're dating somebody long distance and you're just seeing them two or three days at a time, or maybe even a day at a time, you can't really get real life with them. But I will say, looking back, there was definitely, definitely red flags, definitely red flags.
0: And do you think that you saw those red flags? You just chose to ignore them? Or did you really not see them? Well, right. So about
1: three months before we got married, I broke up with him. And I was like, that's it. Because I saw a red flag. And I had seen it before, but really saw it. And I was like, no, I can't do this. But I, you know, then he talked his way back in. And I went ahead and married him. And it was six weeks after we were married that I knew I had made the biggest mistake of my life, bigger oh than gosh. anything. Um, at that point, So you know, it was I bad news.
0: I was listening to um, a sermon yesterday, and it was all about uh, trust in relationships, and and mm-hmm. like the, it's it's a sermon series on like the fundamental things that you need in a relationship, and. One thing that the pastor said was, "If someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, yeah, and um, yeah. and I think it was I think it was Maya Angela that said that, but like he quoted yeah. her, but the whole i mean, I, to me, that was profound because there were so m- many times that I saw things or felt things in." My past relationships—I I mean, even when I was young, you know, even when I was young, right. I would just ignore or make excuses for—and—and and sadly, I've also done it, as, you know, after my divorce. I've seen something or heard something and observed something, and I thought, "Hmm, that doesn't—that doesn't feel very good." But I just ignored it, made excuses for it, and—and. And, the last guy that I dated, the last guy that I dated for a long time, there were things that I saw, felt, observed. And I'm sure there were things that he saw, felt, and observed too. We just weren't right for each other. Sure. But I mean, I'm right. not saying it was his fault. I think it was both our faults. But, you know, I don't, after we broke up, I promised myself that I'm, I mean, I made. I worked with Janice, who's, I know you know her from my podcast, a yeah. therapist, and she's just awesome. I thought, you know, she made me make a list. She was like, what do you want? What do you want? And so I started naming what I wanted. And she goes, yeah, you're not, you haven't been dating that guy. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, Janice. Like, and she was right, you know, everything. And he was not a bad guy. He just wasn't the guy that I was looking for, and yet he was the guy that I was spending my time with. And so she encouraged me to make a list. And uh, yeah, the guy that I'm dating now, he was like, "I want to see the list." I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not letting you see the list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cheating." <laughs> that's exactly what I said. Like, uh-uh. uh, uh, um, but you know, I'm going to get my list. And you know, 99.9% of the things on my list are non-negotiable. And yet I've been negotiating them, you know? Oh yeah. What's
1: funny because I'm married now and I did that same thing. I made a list and honestly, I forgot about it, my list. And I got married for the third time (laughs) and we've been married almost six years now. And I found my list and I mean there was maybe one thing on my list that didn't wasn't the same guy, but everything else I was like,' oh my gosh, this really does work
0: it works I believe it because I believe what you put out what you say you want and i, I yes. believe that that God the universe I, I think it I think <laughs> whatever you put out is and one of the greatest quotes that I've heard i I'm I feel like you and I talked about this on one of our walks is one of the greatest things I heard. It was from Andy Stanley. It was a sermon he gave from North Point church. And he said, become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Like stop looking for the perfect person, start becoming the best person or stop looking for the very best, become the very best. And that's what you will attract. Become the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. And guess what? That person will come.
1: You know, it's funny because my youngest son, who's 25, he and I talk about that a lot, is that – because he's not dating anybody and as much as he would like to be dating somebody, he even says, I'm going to work on me right now so that I can be the best person. And I hope that she's working on her Mm -hmm. so she can be the best person for her. And so that then when you get together, hopefully you've got two healthy individuals because one of the biggest things I've learned from my counselor is as much as I thought my first husband was unhealthy and you know, he, he was the problem. What I learned is that we're only as we're only going to tra- attract the healthiest people as healthy as we are. Yep. I don't know if I said that right,
0: but no, I get it and I believe that
1: it. If, if somebody else is unhealthy, like my ex-husband, say if it was all him, well, I wouldn't have been attracted to him if I was healthy. That's exactly
0: right. right. Yep, I hundred yeah. percent believe that. Like it does give us insight into where we are because of who we're dating or what we're attracted to. Oh
1: yeah. Right. Right. And uh, the other thing is I do believe that we are attracted to the same sort of men over and over, even with all the counseling, even with all the help, there are key qualities that we are because it is funny because my husband, um, he's so funny. He keeps me laughing, but, um, there are so many things that he is like my first husband about. Sometimes I'll look at him and I'm like, are y'all brothers or what? <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, are those there
0: qualities? Are,
1: <laughs> you know, there are those qualities that are very much alike and that I obviously am attracted to.
0: What so are they? What I are those qualities?
1: <laughs> I like strong men. I like... um Successful men who um, look in control, but really, really they're little boys. Um, you know, they're really young, little boys, which I've most of them are. I'm just going to say, I've told everybody, they're pretty much all alike. So just take the one you've got, just keep them, you know. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, I don't know, it's just like little things that Jeff will say now that I'm like, Oh, my gosh, my first husband said that same thing to me. Um, I can't really pinpoint. But the, I, I think the big thing is uh, I can really tell their differences. I say that my ex-husband didn't have as big a heart. My husband now Jeff has the biggest heart of anybody I've ever met in my life. Um,
0: which, and he makes me laugh
1: more than anybody else in the world.
0: So, I uh, love your husband. Oh, <laughs> I, you know how much I love your husband. I think he is about as cute as it gets. I, I mean, that weekend I was at your house yeah. I, I'm sitting on that couch chatting with him. I could have sat there forever. He is awesome. He really is an amazing guy and he is funny. He's dry. He's real dry. Okay, so how uh-huh. long? Oh, yeah,
1: it takes a while. It's like what?
0: It's funny. How okay? How long were you married yeah. the second time, Deanna?
1: So two years. Um, um, I within a year I knew. Like I said, six weeks I knew. But this was not good. But I was hopeful, and I was gosh, felt a lot of shame and everything. And because um, all my friends had told me not to do this, right? I didn't listen to my friends. And so then um, about a year into it, there was an incident that happened. And I was like, that's it. And then he got diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so the rescuer I am, I was like, oh, let's show him how much you love him. You're going to take good care of him. (laughs) (laughs) And that lasted for a little bit. Still, he got better after his, his prostate cancer, it, he, it was all fine a few months later. And he pulled another stunt and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'll just, you know, I'll... it was embarrassing. I mean, no other word it that is. I can say. I was so embarrassed and felt such shame and everything else uh, for the second time around.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Because you know what? Even, even if... Even if you're justified, even if it's not your fault, whatever that means, like there is so much shame, and I don't care who you are, there is so much shame in divorce. And Mm -hmm. I think it's especially hard for women and men. I can't say that. I think it's equally (laughs) difficult for men. But I I think it's worse if you're faithful. I think it's worse if you— are in the South, you know, like yeah, yeah. You know, like I just think there are factors that that kind of pile on that add to this shame, and and everybody wants to know why, you know. People are coming oh, out of the woodwork. Yeah. Let's go have a glass of wine. Let's go, and and really, they really just want to know why, you know. And and when I was getting divorced, I would not satiate anyone. Like I just wouldn't because it's nobody's business. In fact, I read a quote the other day that said, your relationship is nobody else's business. Like your romantic relationship is nobody else's business. Everybody could have an opinion, you know, everybody was going to have an opinion, good, bad, and different. But there's, that was probably one of the most difficult things for me getting divorced was just, I I never thought I'd get divorced. I mean, I don't think anybody like thinks when they're walking no, down the aisle no. like this is probably not going to work out but like I was when when I got divorced I cannot tell you how many people said to me I thought I would get divorced before y'all would get like I would have said we were going to get divorced before you and Topher would get divorced I mean I just I never saw it I never thought it I never I ne- it was never an option until it had to be an option same same with you
1: Well, you know, it's funny because people would see us and think, you know, think we have it all together. In fact, I did a podcast that came out today. We were talking about overcoming obstacles and how people see you in one light and they think everything's great in your life. Right. They had no idea what is happening behind closed doors. That's
0: exactly. Right.
1: And, you know, I mean, nobody had any idea. And when we finally got divorced, I think people were shocked, you know, yes. but it was, we had to, like there was no other way.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you said something <laughs> earlier, Deanna, that I think is a really good thing for us to spend a little bit of time on. And that is after your first marriage. You didn't spend any time alone. You did not spend. You know, you just ran to the next thing because I'm sure it was shame, desperation, loneliness, all the normal things that you feel when you're getting divorced. And then you see, you know, the next thing that's a little bit shiny, and and you grab onto it because. You don't want to be alone and you don't want to feel all those things that you should be feeling. And I, I, I know that there are so many people who are listening who, I I mean, this. I see this and hear about this more than, than not. So I'm not saying this because I think you're bad if you've done it. I, I think good people do it. I think so many people get divorced they don't spend time feeling they don't spend time healing they go right into it. they sleep with a bunch of people they they get on apps they hook up they meet people at bars they, they're desperate to fill a void and that's exists inside of them that can, what you don't know is it can't be filled by those behaviors you're not going to feel better it's right. only going to make you feel worse mm-hmm. and and yet so many people do it I mean this city is full of it
1: oh so I think you know I think it's different for everybody for me I will tell you it was definitely a message my mother gave me my mother It was like you have to have a man. You're like me. You have to have a man. And I honestly felt like if I didn't have a man in my life, I was not I was half a person. Like that wasn't who you know, that that was just I had to have a man to make me complete. Wow. And so I was not a good message. Oh, no. And my mother didn't do it on purpose. Of course but not. But I remember even my father died at 54. And my mother, uh, she, listen, this is crazy. My mother, said so my mom was single at 54 because my dad died. They had an awesome marriage. A year after my dad, well, it was not even quite a year, my mom met and married my stepfather in two weeks.
0: What? Now, yeah. Wait a minute. She met him and married him in two weeks.
1: In two weeks. It was not quite a year after my dad had passed away, but she was that year. I know crazy, right? That the mother I knew she could always make decisions. She could like, she was a very strong woman as, as far as I knew. Well, then when my father passed away, she became, I mean, just like a lot of things, I think, in life, a lot of changes, and, and especially when your spouse dies. She couldn't make a decision, she was all over the place. And the minute she met and married my stepfather, it was like, there she was, Wonder Woman again. Wow. And so she would tell me all the time, even after I got the divorce the second time, she was like, You have to have a man. You have to have a man. You're just like me so i think that you have to be careful and even though i knew this message i still it wasn't until she finally passed away um which was awful she had cancer for 15 years and she passed away four years ago and that was probably when i was truly free of that message with all the work that i've done and it's it's really uh, um I mean, it's really something I fought for a long time. In fact, I'm reading a book right now called Loving Him Without Losing You. And it's Ooh, that's so, a good title. I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm like, under like, I think every woman should read this because there's so many things that um, that in here it talks about, about why this there's this one quote right here. It says women are taught to enhance other people." At the expense of the self, men are taught to bolster the self, often at the expense of others. It's hard to get it all in balance. So about mm. how we're taught so many different things as males and females, and even with this generation, this generation is different, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they are much more the the my middle son is a father, and I see him much more in tune with his wife and helping out much more. But I still think that we as women were raised a certain way and wanting certain things and expecting this this one thing said in here. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, it says, first of all, women are addicted to male approval. Early age, women are taught from an early age that it is their duty to attract and please men, and that their very survival is contingent on it. Mm. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah. And that's scary because though that kind of thinking and mentality will only create misery I mean, because it's just not true. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. If we look to men for approval, if we look Ugh. to, you know, anybody other than God and, and ourselves. Right. But um, I do think it's so, um, I think we do things out of fear. You know, fear of being alone and all these mm-hmm. things. So I, I I think that, you know, when you are divorced or even if you're just out there dating, you're young, you've never been married and you're, you know, it's the the fear of being alone and that you then say, Well also for this, I'll settle for that. And you know, you need to write that list out. I think that list is important and those non-negotiables. But I think yeah. probably for me, one of the most important things, important compasses, is those really close friends to me. I mean, if they don't like him or my kids don't like him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's a non-negotiable. Yeah,
0: you need to pay attention to that. I I, yeah. I, I mean, especially if you're if your friends have the I mean if you you got to know if your friends are saying something that is not easy for them. Like it would not be yeah. easy for me to sit down with one of my best friends and say, "Look, I'm I'm observing this relationship and I I don't feel good about it." And I do believe I mean some kids are just not going to like the new person regardless. Right. And and but I do believe that kids Know and see things that we can't know and we can't see, and I do think that it's worth considering very much. I mean, if my kids did not like the person that I was dating or I was serious, and they had good reason that I was just ignoring, that would just that would be negligent on my part and and selfish. I mean, the the effects. Right that of our choices as divorced parents on our children, I don't think that we can underestimate number one, how they're paying attention and number two, how much it matters. I mean, it matters. It matters how I date. It matters. It matters who I date. It matters. It matters what time I come home. It matters like they're watching, you know, they're watching. And if I, oh yeah, and if I say this is what I'm going to do, and I'm, I am honest with my kids, I really am, but probably too honest. But if my kids ask me a question, I'm going to tell them the answer, even if they don't like the answer. But you know what, they will always get the truth about me dating, and that my, and you know what, because I give them the truth, they will ask, they'll ask because I think they want right. to know. I think they want to know. You know, it's just what. What kind of dialogue have you created as, as a parent? You know, I, I know my, even, even my boys who pretend like they don't want to know, they want to know. They really do. Oh, I
1: think it's important for them to know. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, you know, having all three boys, I I thought that it was always important for them. We're always, I've always been very, very open with them and transparent with them. Because I I think that we have this responsibility to, you know, own up to our mistakes when we've screwed up. So, because they can learn from that, yeah, right. And, um, and so I think that kids learn by example. And if I mess up, I need to tell them I mess up.
0: Yeah. Um, you know what? One time I
1: was one of the hard things. Yeah. What?
0: One time I, I read in a parenting book that said it doesn't. Like the mistakes you make as parents, of course, they matter. But if you say, I'm sorry to a child, if you say, I'm sorry for the mistake that you made, it's as if it never happened to that child. It, and That's how powerful it is for parents to apologize and to acknowledge when they are not perfect or when they make mistakes. Or when, And we're going to. My God, the greatest gift I've given to my kids is for them to see my humanness Because I don't deserve, nor do I want to be on a pedestal, you know? I'm going to mess up. Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're humans, right? So So how,
0: after your second uh, marriage, Deanna, did you spend, then did you spend time alone? No.
1: I'll be honest with you. I never spent time alone.
0: Never. (laughs) You never, never figured that out? (laughs) No, I didn't figure that out until I got married. Well, you kind of figured it out now. (laughs) You've definitely got it down now.
1: Well, it's awesome because my husband now gives me the freedom to um, be who I am, to be that authentic, true self that I am. And I like time alone. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy time alone, but I didn't even realize that I thought to me, a healthy relationship with somebody that when you're enmeshed with them, that you you always wanted to be with them no matter what, and you would miss them if you weren't with them. And that is so not. That, I think that's why this marriage is, is so awesome because, I mean, I we, we travel a good bit together, but we can travel by ourselves. Um, I can go do something with one of my kids, and he's fine staying here. And we can... Um, yeah, I mean, I can be my own individual, and, and I've never really experienced that. So, so it's really exciting to me. Here I am at 54, and I'm just now in my 50s being able to experience that um, and realize that, hey, I am okay. And now I get to choose. Like, I stay married because I love him and choose to be married, not because I have to have a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because That's good. let's face it, <laughs> it's easier sometimes without somebody, right? <laughs> Easier sometimes when you are single, and you forget that when you're when you are single, you forget that um the hard parts of marriage, but marriage is one of the hardest things ever. And I mean, I after I got married that third time, I'm like, Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like these some of the same things, you know.
0: You want to know what's funny about you saying that, Deanna. Um, so one of my single friends, Mary Catherine. We so she's she's a year ahead of me. She's been divorced a year longer than me, and we have talked about how the longer you're divorced, the the more acclimated you become to being single and having a single life, and I mean, and being a single mom. Like all of those things that seemed so scary and and sad and hard in the beginning are now. So fun and liberating. I mean, I can do what I want. I can work when I want. I can eat what I want. I can spend money how I want. I can travel when I want. I can save what I want. I mean, it's all mine. You know, it's all mine. And and the energy in my home is the energy that I create and that my kids and I create together. And like the longer all those positive things are happening and, and then, you know, then you're in a relationship and you kind of dabble in that, but then you get to go back to (laughs) your controlled, you know, safe little cocoon that you've, that I've created. I can only speak for myself, but like Mary Catherine and I are like, how, how are we going to get like, how are we going to get married again? Because we have created such, such, um, Independence in this single life, and don't get me wrong i I would love to be married again I, I really would, and I hope someday I will. I do not feel that urgency at all, but it does worry me like the longer i'm single it's it's easy now it's easy for me to be single like it was so overwhelming at the thought of being a single mom and taking care of myself financially and that none of those things overwhelm me anymore. I can do it. Like I can, I can totally do it and I can do it well. You know, I don't need anybody. And I guess that's kind of the place you want to be because when you get to the point that you don't need someone, then you actually, if you're with someone, then you just want that person. And that's, that's, I guess, when you will know that, it's right. You know, like, I don't need you, but damn, if I don't want you.
1: Right. And that you really, but then even then it's really still hard because I was just talking to uh, my youngest son the other day and I was like, remember when it was just the four of us? And, um, there, w- there was a, a few, few times in between those marriages that there was just the four of us. And it was so nice. it's like you said, I mean, we could all be who we wanted to be and and it was just really easy. Um, Now, it's a different, it's great, and now Jeff and I share dogs together. We don't have children together, but we have dogs together, and we have a grandchild, my first, uh, so Jeff doesn't have any children, which you would think would be a perfect scenario, right? Uh, Somebody else that doesn't have children, so you don't have to deal with stepchildren, and it is a good thing, but the only bad thing about it is, since he's never had children, He doesn't understand my relationship always with my boys.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So now we have my son and and daughter-in-law had a little girl. And so now we have a granddaughter together. So I think that's going to even, you know, shift us into a different. So everything, you know, once you get married. So once you find that right person and you choose to be with that person instead of, doing it because you have to, or, or you're scared, that's what you feel like you need, or you're scared or something like that, then you get to, to to do it. So even though I didn't ever spend that time alone, I feel like this marriage was exactly what I needed. And I, I'm, I believe that God works everything out like it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, even like that second marriage, you know, people said to me, over and over don't you regret that don't you regret that and I'm like I don't because I wouldn't be where I am today if that didn't happen to me but I am adamant about and this is why I wanted us to talk about this I'm adamant about sharing experiences so that maybe somebody can hear and somebody else can learn something because if we don't then those experiences are wasted
0: I think yeah It's really true, Deanna. It's really true. You know, I had, I had so many people. Um, most of my friends are still married. I mean, I have a handful of friends who are divorced, but most of my friends are still married. And one thing that I would say, um, and it just came to me, if you are married and you have divorced friends, you know, especially men. This is probably more true for men just because I've heard I've heard it from men single single women often are still very much included with dinners and other families and vacations. I mean, I still went to I still went to dinner with my married friends even if I didn't have a date. I still went on vacation with my married friends, even if I didn't have a date. But guys, they, they don't do that as much. Like guys will go out with other single guys, but it's rare that people are inviting the single guy to the family dinner or to, as couples. You know, it's, it's kind of, mm-hmm. and, and yet I really think that people need to be more thoughtful. Like just because I'm single and just or divorced, and just because, if say I'm not dating someone at the time, I still want to go. You know, I still want to be included. I still want to be invited. I still want a seat at the table. And because my worth and my value to my relationships has nothing to do with who's on my arm. You know, it shouldn't. Um, yeah. But so much of our society is, you know, a couples. This is a couples trip, or it's a but I don't ever mind. I have never once minded being third will, fifth will, seventh. I don't care. Like if my friends are getting together for dinner, I still want to be invited. You know, if families are getting together and everybody's married, I still want to be invited. And I think anybody who's been divorced would say that you know, being divorced, especially at the very beginning, you have no idea what the heck you're doing. And community brings a lot of comfort it just really does, and yeah, People who are married and listening to this, I would just encourage them to to treat the relationship as if they had a significant other, because they want to right. be a, they I want to be a part totally,
1: of it. Yeah. My, um, I will say that was one of the things Kathy and Buster, Kitty, and mm-hmm. Buster, they were. Awesome, awesome to me. I I used to joke and say um, Buster was like my second, like I was his second wife or something. (laughs) And then I had another friend that was so awesome. They always included me. And I think you're right. I think that women either tend to be more invited. Some women, I have heard though, that their friends are threatened. By them, and so they don't get invited. I was lucky I didn't have that situation. I was like, You, I got I actually got invited more places once I got divorced than when I was married because they didn't like either my <laughs> two husbands. So, <laughs> so, um, that's hilarious. But, you know, my husband, I know, I know, isn't it crazy? But so, my husband now, Jeff, he has made that comment, he still remembers those couples that included him when he was single. Uh, And I think you're right. You know, when I think about it, I don't think about, I think about my girlfriends and I'll invite them, my girlfriends that are single, but I don't really know, I don't really know that many guys that aren't married Mm -hmm. or aren't in a relationship. But I do think like Jeff does remember still to this day, the people that included him and he remembers those people who didn't include him also.
0: Yes. Yeah. It really it really does matter. It makes a big difference. Kitty and Buster are so good at that. I mean, I've been to dinner the with them more yeah. than any other than any other couple. I mean, hell, I went on their family vacation this summer. <laughs> it was the Williamson and Tobacito <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm telling you, anybody I date, the, those are the. They're those yes. are going to be the first two people that meet the person, and they better they yeah. better. In fact, the guy that I'm dating now, we went to dinner and, and or we went and had drinks with them, and the first time Kitty and Buster met him, he Buster said to him, um, "I'm going to need to have a lot more conversations with you." <laughs> like. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. He's like a big brother. You know, he's He's awesome. Very. um, Yeah, he is. But I think that that is important. And you know, they were funny because they met my, my second husband and they were like, no, no, no. And I would not listen. But i told everybody when I said, if I decide to get married again, you just tie me up somewhere. And if you don't like the guy I'm marrying, I didn't get tied up anywhere. So I guess I like him. So I'm just like, so that is
0: hilarious. Okay. I want to talk real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I think your point about I, the first time I heard that nobody's ever told me that they're, that they have been threatened by me being single and they're married and, They were nervous about their husbands being around me. Mm -hmm. No one's ever told me or shared that with me, but I have heard that, that there are some people, and I'm telling you, Deanna, I was shocked to hear that. But you know what? It makes sense to me. Like after I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so, and I've said this before on my podcast in another context, but I am very uh aware of that and anytime i am talking about somebody's spouse or with someone's spouse or i need to text someone i always am very respectful and aware of the wife because yeah because it's tricky it could it could get tricky like i could see i mean we live in a very imperfect world so i think that's something that you brought right. up that i think is worth just touching on briefly, like it does matter how respectful we are to other women and their husbands, because I mean, we're all just, we're all just human enough, you know, we are all just human enough. Um, okay. So how did you meet Jeff?
1: Oh gosh. Well, it's so funny because I've known Jeff for years, known him for years, but, didn't really know him, you know, kind of knew him from afar. I knew him. He knew me when I was married to my first husband. I knew him when he was married to his wife and, um, invited he and his wife to it. Wait, then, wait, 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 um,
0: you broke so, up. You broke up. You what? You.
1: Okay. We had a Christmas party one year, my ex-husband and I, and we invited, we had, we had invited several people. It was a large party and we invited, um, Jeff and his, his wife at the time. And, um, it's kind of funny now. I mean, and, and we actually went through divorces at the same time, my first divorce and his divorce, but you know, I wasn't, I had already kind of, by the time I talked to him, I, I never looked at him that way. I just, but think, cause I never knew him. I, I knew him from afar. So I never really had had a, meaningful conversation with him or anything like that. And so I always tell people like, you know, don't ever judge like how it wouldn't work out. If somebody had told me 20 years ago that I would have married Jeff Bezitz, I would have said, no way. But we are so perfect together.
0: Um, You are, but I have to tell you, I would, if I knew him and I knew you, I would never put y'all together. And then you, (laughs) but then y'all are together and it's like, oh, this is perfect. Like y'all together is perfect.
1: It really is. And it's funny because I, I would have never seen it coming, but it didn't take me long. I went out with him, uh, kind of like uh, some friends of ours tried to set us up because he was, he was much more interested in me than I was. At, of course. Him at <laughs> and then it, then it flipped. Right. But, um, Uh, But then he, so we went out and I remember having lunch with him the first time and just kind of sitting back and listening to him. And I was like, I saw him in a whole different realm. Mm. I just, I don't know. I was really intrigued by him. And then, um, oh, probably about the second date, he finally kissed me and man, fireworks went off. (laughs) I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm blushing as I talk right now. I know. I'm like being red. But I'm telling you, it was crazy to me. Uh, um, but so, but then he's Jewish. And I'm very, my faith is very, 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 strong. So, I mean, we were just going out just to, I mean, I just want somebody to go out with. It. Remember, I wasn't going to be alone. And um, so about three or four months into the relationship, he was like, you need to decide if you want a Christian man. And I'm like, Oh, I do. I do. I want a Christian guy. And so we were like, well, we got to break up. And we tried breaking up several times. And um, we succeeded a few of those times. But then we ended up back together. We just couldn't stay apart. And I came to grips with the, the thought of him being Jewish. And, um, and you know, we we worship the same God. I think that uh, it's, it's interesting to watch that journey. I, I honestly feel like, He is God's blessing on me. And Mm. I don't understand it all. Um, I think there's a much bigger plan for it all. I don't understand. But I think maybe, maybe one day when I get to heaven, God will explain it to me. But I don't know now.
0: Well, he's perfect. He really is. Okay, um, I know you've got to go. I know, and we have like people who are doing window cleaning or yeah. something here. <laughs> I told them to give us 40 minutes and we've gotten way over that. So.
1: They're like dying oh, to work
0: so on this funny. window. Deanna, this thanks so, much, so much, much. I love you and oh, happy new year. You, thank you. And thank you for all your great insight and advice. And I'll see you at the beach in about six weeks. Yeah. Can't wait. That's
1: right. I can't wait. Kay. Okay, see bye you honey. Bye.